There is only Christ. He is everything. He is in everything. From St. Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 3, verse 11. Hello, this is Rick, and welcome to Christ Through the Elements, my companion podcast to the Presence podcast, in which I walk step by step, number by number, block by block, if you will, through the periodic table. And as I talk a little bit about each element in each episode, I try to do three things. First of all, talk a little bit about Christ. And many of my reflections are from Father Richard Rohr's newest book, The Universal Christ. Secondly, talk a little bit about the element itself. And most of my thoughts there come from a lovely little book I found for my Kindle called The Elements, A Visual Exploration of Every Known Atom by Theodore Gray. And then lastly, after a short break, I come back and talk about how that element can reveal something about the nature of who Jesus the Christ is. So let's get started. First of all, I am going to quote today not from Father Richard, but from his email that I got this morning. Every day I get um, an email from his Center for Action and Contemplation. Highly, highly recommend you find that, subscribe to it. It is what I begin my day with each and every day, and it is always inspiring and thoughtful and gives me something to carry in my prayer and in my living each day. Well, today I'm not going to quote Father Richard. I'm actually going to quote the person he quotes in today's reflection. And that is a woman named Mirabai Starr. And she is a writer who writes with his organization, also recently has written a book called Wild Mercy about the divine feminine. And this is a little bit of a quote, but I think it really sums up um, what I want to talk about today. Through each of these wise women, I have come to recognize the holiness of incarnation There is nothing in this gorgeous, messy world, not a thing in my own imperfect perfection, no place in the scope of the human predicament or the majesty of the natural world that is not, by its very nature, blessed, the chosen dwelling place of the one we love. Now, I want to just mention a little reminder, a theological reminder, if you will, about incarnation and what that means for Christians specifically, but what I think it can teach anyone of any faith. And it is the idea that God, and in this case, the second person of the Trinity, God Christ became flesh. God entered into creation. Now, we believe in our creed that through Christ all things were made. So Christ is the um, progenitor of creation and also the force that sustains creation. Yet also in the incarnation, Christ has entered into creation itself. And I think this is an apt reminder for the element we're going to talk about today, which is number six on the periodic table, carbon, which just is the atomic symbol of C. Now, Mr. Gray begins in his article on this, in his chapter on this, he says, carbon is the most important element of life, period. Now, I emphasize that period because 
the students that I teach in high school, there's kind of this uh, period thing that they like to do to emphasize. And anytime I do that in class, it gets at least a little bit of a chuckle. Um, so period. Now, a few things that Mr. Gray tells us about carbon. He says it is an organic compound. And in fact, anytime we talk about organic compounds, it by definition is any chemical which contains carbon. Now, you probably know that carbon makes diamonds, which if you listen to the previous episode on boron, uh, carbon may or may not be the strongest um, element that there is, a diamond form of carbon at least. Pencil lead is made out of graphite, which is also a form of carbon. And carbon is interesting because its atoms like to form sheets like a honeycomb. If you stack those sheets, you have graphite. If you fold those into a sphere, it becomes what is commonly called a buckyball. And that's a little shout out to Buckminster Fuller, who invented the geodesic dome. There's a little trivia question for you. Who invented the geodesic dome? Well, now you know Buckminster Fuller, where the buckyball comes from. And if you roll those sheets into tubes, you have the strongest material known to science, which are carbon nanotubes. Now, carbon, I think, can be compared to a figure in literary history. Now, before I tell you which figure that is, um, I'm still struck by the uh, description that Mr. Gray gives to beryllium, which was two elements ago. He says, quote, beryllium is a James Bond, a debonair, excuse me, James Bond style metal, able to launch rockets one minute and charm the ladies the next. And I think using the analogical powers that literature gives to us, I would like to propose that carbon is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, Robert Louis Stevenson's wonderful short story. Stay with me through the break, if you will, and I will explain why carbon is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and also how and what carbon reveals to us about Christ. Thank you for staying with me through the break. And I really would love for you to leave me a voice message and let me know what you think of the show or ask me questions, give me feedback, whatever it might be. So before the break, I speculated that carbon is like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, Robert Louis Stevenson's famous literary creation. And I think the comparison is apt because carbon, which again is the most important element of life, period, is sort of the Dr. Jekyll part. Mild-mannered, important, essential, valuable, useful, and so forth. In fact, it is without light, without carbon, there would be no life. I would say that's pretty important. But the Mr. Hyde part has the more dangerous part of carbon. And actually, really, what we're talking about the most regarding carbon, and that, of course, is carbon dioxide as one of the primary global warming climate change gases. Now, um, Mr. Gray, in the uh, Elements book I'm using, 
says at the end of the article he writes, he says, today pumping into the atmosphere that is carbon dioxide at about 100,000 times the rate it was put away by the dinosaurs. So two things, at least two things, are happening regarding carbon. One is that we are continuing to produce carbon dioxide in the burning of fossil fuels, and as we allow the world to warm, the ice is melting, and that is releasing carbon that is um, frozen in the ice, that is held, as well as methane, which is another uh, even more serious global warming gas. And as we cut down rainforests and burn those trees, not only is that releasing more CO2 into the atmosphere, but we're also um, taking away a resource, trees, that take CO2 out of the atmosphere. So it becomes a very dangerous negative feedback loop. And actually, I would go even further than to say that what we are experiencing with global climate change and CO2 and carbon's role in that is really more like Frankenstein's monster. You know, this is something that we have created that is running amok in the world and that way may very well destroy its creator us, just as Frankenstein's monster and Dr. Frankenstein clash in that famous work by Mary Shelley. So how is Christ revealed in carbon? Well, I think it's pretty straightforward, really, that again, back to that opening quote, the most important element of life, period. And that's Christ. Christ is the creator of all life. And Christ becomes incarnate in Jesus of Nazareth in human form, fully human, fully divine, fully carbon, fully, if you want to use the most basic chemical term, fully an organic compound. And again, just stop and pause for a moment, especially if you're a Christian, and how radical and amazing and mind-blowing and really pretty out there that statement is that this divine creator of everything that we know everything in the cosmos everything at the quantum level so the biggest to the very 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 smallest became human carbon based organic again if you will like you and me and everything else that lives Pretty amazing. And I think for that reason that Christ, God, cares very, very, very much about what we do with this creation, that God desires for us to care for God's creation, and that when we don't care for God's creation, when we destroy, when we burn, when we cut, when we allow ice to melt and especially when we deny all of that, that we are not doing what Christ wants us to do within Christ's own creation. So, carbon, pretty important. And Christ, well, the essential element of them all. So I appreciate your listening today. Come back for the next episode, which will be posted in the not-too-distant future, and that will be number seven, nitrogen. As always, thanks for listening. May the peace of Christ be with you.